What's going on, good people around the world and back in your eardrums from the desert to the sea? We are everywhere you want to be. The opposite reaction is back in the building. One more again, Nick Hamilton, Jackie Ray. Yes. What's happening? Man. What's happening? I'm excited. Probably because we got wine coming up at the end of the show, y'all. And you know, wine makes me happy. Does it now? Oh, hey, you better watch it. You know, you're going to start getting DMs now. Oh, God. I got your wine right here, buddy. <laughs> hey, baby, I got oh, your wine. No. <laughs> Why? See, you oh, open your, no. I'm trying to help you out. I'm talking about I am a connoisseur nah, of the wine nah, products. Nah, 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 nah. Not Too late. I'm talking about this extra, extra, read all about it. No, nonsense. no, 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 no. Can't walk it back now, Stephen A. Oh, Can't walk God. it back. Ooh, now that's different. Can't walk I'll take my wine comment before I take Woo! anything Stephen A. Say that man right well, there, boy. <laughs> it's been a busy week for sure. Uh, first and foremost, I had a, a chance to attend a screening of Space that. Jam, A New Legacy. I will say this much uh, for those of you that may be watching it tonight on HBO Max, and it will be in theaters tonight, uh, 9 o'clock on the West Coast. Yup, yup. For the late shows, and it'll be officially out on Friday tomorrow. However, I will say this much. Uh, I attended a screening at Neko Gumake of the Los Angeles Sparks, who also is a character in Space Jam, along with uh, Anthony Davis, Dame Dollar. What's, uh, what's AK. her character? Uh, she's a Rakaneka. A what, what? A Rakaneka. She's a rack. You know, she's a spider. She's got all these arms and stuff. Oh. She's on the Goon Squad, along with. She's uh, a bad guy? She's a bad lady, yeah. She's on the Goon what Squad. What about AD? AD's on the Goon Squad. He's a bad guy, too? Damian Lillard. He's a bad guy too. Yep. What in the hell? <laughs> and uh, Diana Taurasi, who plays the the white mamba, so she's oh, on okay. The, you know, she's a snake, so you know, she's on the goon squad. Uh, great the acting, great acting by great acting by Don Cheadle, of course. Of course. I, I, I expected nothing less, of course. Uh, but Cedric Joe, the young man that plays LeBron's son, he did a phenomenal job did too. He? Yeah, he's a really good little actor. I, I think he has a really bright future ahead of him. Ah. Um. I like the fact of the movie that they allowed WNBA players. So they kind of gave the mm, league some mm-hmm. more shine and, and showcase to young girls and young and young boys too that hey, you know, young women and ladies and girls can play basketball just like they like like the men can play basketball. Right. So I was glad to see that. Um I was glad to see, like I said, Don Cheeto was funny as hell. Is he? It's hard to see him with not being war machine from right. the MCU. Right. Like I'm like, oh shit, War Machine. Oh, no, damn it, that's not <laughs> War Machine. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, yep. but no, Don Cheadle did a phenomenal job. A um, lot of CGI in it, of course. Uh, you're going to be surprised by some of the characters that have been making cameo appearances. Don's so Warner gentle Brothers. too in in all the. Mar- is he is he a gentle hey, or man, is he mean? He's mean. I'm ain't not. He? You got to if you want to go see it, go see it. <laughs> okay. It ain't Rocket from Colors. I can tell you that much. Right. So. <laughs> So some I, people don't even know it. They're like, "What?" Go Google it. If you don't know what I mean? Go Google it. <laughs> anyway, colors, colors. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll always when, if I ever whenever I, I got a chance to talk to Don Cheeto one on one, but it was kind of quick because we were on a carpet, so I mm-hmm. couldn't really like have a sit down with him. But like if I had like twenty minutes with him, I'm definitely going to ask him what was it like playing Rocket in Colors, right? Oh, like God. I really and then, then what happened after the movie came out? Yeah. Especially back in the late 80s in L.A. Right. Like, I just want to know. Like, what were there threats on you? Like, did you have to leave? Yeah, because like, people don't separate very well. Nah, and that, and it, but see, that movie had a lot of reality, reality mm-hmm. in it as well. So it's kind of hard to separate that. Fa- it's, not a, it's not like we're watching, like you said, Space Jam or the MCU or something right. like that's fantasy. Like, you're actually watching something that you could go right outside your door and hear, Right. So Especially it's not that back then. Yeah. Eighties and nineties. Oh man, mm-hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, between that and just his illustrious career with Devil in a Blue Dress, which is a, which was another character that I loved in playing Mouse. Have you ever watched Devil, Devil in the Blue, in the Blue Dress? I'm never with Denzel and um Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, he yes, played yes, Mouse. Yep. Mouse was a gangster. He was a yep. cold gangster. Yep. So I loved him as that. Um so he he's he's definitely a very talented actor. Mm-hmm. I was glad to see him in it. Um I'm glad I saw the movie for free. And that's all I will say about it. I think I can't wait to see it. I think I mean because I I wasn't and I look don't drag me, but I was not a fan of the first Space Jam. 
I thought it was cool, but I just didn't. I, first Jeez, of all, I wonder what. Wait, no, listen. I loved the tunes. You know what I mean? Because I, I thought the tunes were. Bugs was my man, of course, back then. Bugs is still my man now. I'm excited about that. But Michael Jordan is not an actor. Well, neither is LeBron. He's he's got more acting because I don't, I think that was Jordan's. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that Jordan's first film back in the day? First featured film, yes. He's, oh, he had something before that? Well, he acted remember. in the Michael Jackson, the jam video. Oh, well, yeah, but that's like. But that, he, I mean, that's still, I mean, but nobody, if you come off the street and mm-hmm. do that, I mean, he wasn't an actor, but he was the most popular guy because he was carrying, he was holding down a whole, a whole league. No, I'm not, I'm not, so, I'm I mean, not taking anything from that. I, I'm I don't think he was a great as, actor either for that matter. Yeah, I didn't, because I just, it was but just I don't think me. LeBron is either. Like, I think LeBron is, he, he's all right. Well, I really liked LeBron's character and it was just a voiceover character, but I think it was Littlefoot. Well, he was in that one movie where he had a couple of lines. I forgot the name of that movie. Where he had a oh, few yeah. But he can yep. handle that, but I, Never, I'm not going. Y'all go and watch Space Jam too. If you want to go watch yes. Space Jam too, go watch it. If Space you don't, then oh, but Granny, do you. wait a minute. I, I know you're not going to throw any spoilers, but just give me a look. Does Granny really have a martini in the movie? I'm not at liberty to tell you. Uh, all right, all right. Now I'm just going to look. Warner Brothers to could it. be listening. I am. Facts. Nope, all right. Nope, nope. nope, nope. <laughs> you ain't gonna get me sued. Hell no. I told you just enough. You ain't gonna get me sued. No, no, no. You I folks can. go out there. You wait till nine o'clock. Pacific time or Eastern time, whatever whatever it is, or eleven o'clock, whatever it is, wherever the first the showing of Space Jam two, and you guys go check it out. Um, so excited! It was fun too because I I just got back from Vegas, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Went to uh, see the WNBA All Star game, but also USA basketball. Most importantly, was doing something out there as well because you right. know they're they're practicing. The men and the women are getting ready for the Tokyo Olympics. Yep, coming up. Uh, Diana Taurasi obviously did not play. Right. In the All Star Game, but she's mm-hmm. she when we spoke with her on Tuesday, she said that you know what I'm going to rest because she's been dealing with a hip uh, issue mm-hmm. that she's going to rest and prepare for the Olympics because she feel like that's more important. Which I Absolutely. totally agree with her. Go Absolutely. get the gold, mm-hmm. uh, bring it on back because I'm not sure about the men getting the gold. As I said before, I don't. I'm not. I'm not confident that the guys are going to get gold this year. I'm not. Um, remember, you know what I think of remember what happened in 2004. Yeah, I remember what Who happened. was the co- who's on the coaching staff in two thousand and four? You remember? Greg Popovich. Uh huh. Who was See, the head coach? Larry Brown. Oh, what was yeah, the result I of that? About that, I forgot Larry Brown. Uh-huh. I rest my case. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I you know here's the funny whole the funny thing about this whole situation to me is you know Skip Bayless clowns LeBron and drags LeBron Legon. through the mud every, every <laughs> Legon, time LeBron, that's a hilarious name. I'm sorry. But then this this swivel-head bastard went onto his Twitter and said, this would be the best way to promote Space Jam is if LeBron decides to play for the Olympics and save the Olympic team. Bruh. Stop. Please. Stop. Anywho. I mean, I would have loved to see LeBron give it one more go because I I would have been a lot more confident if I had if we if we if Team USA had a LeBron James and mm-hmm. like a Steph Curry mm-hmm. on top of that, like I would have been a lot more confident. They wouldn't have been getting beat the way they've been getting beat. I know it's the preliminaries. I yeah. know it's just exhibition, but still, you and I know there's two other players that have not joined them because they're currently are in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be a mark when you look at the 08 team. The redeemed team, mm-hmm. and you look at that 2012 team. The 2012 they were team, yeah. having it, yeah, at all exhibition or not. They was giving them that work, right? They was out here in these basketball streets giving the globe that work. Yeah, they ain't giving that work out. They getting worked. Well, and Popovich took great offense to a reporter asking him, you know, usually you're out here blowing out teams, and you, mm-hmm. you, I believe they lost by 30 points the last game. No, uh. One I think of them the margin, they lost by- the margin ha- no, the margins have been about ten or so, if I'm not mistaken. They've not been large, okay, significant so then margins. That, then that reporter was wrong then in their assessment because when Pop called him out, he was like, "You, you know, you're you're usually winning by about you know thirty points in these types of games." So okay, so then that reporter, so Greg Popovich was like, "Uh, no, don't disrespect these teams around the world. These teams are getting better. I think that is a fair statement, especially when you consider that the NBA is in Africa now." So I think that's a fair assessment. And it's just a practice game. And and I do think the chemistry, first of all, the chemistry for most NBA teams has been a little bit off. Listen, 
you gotta you can't forget Mike Brown is the head coach of the Nigerian team. Mike Brown is a mm-hmm. defensive specialist. Exactly. If nothing else, you can teach those young men how to defend. Mm-hmm. And if you can defend well and then score, yeah, with FIBA because you know FIBA rules are a little bit more physical. Yeah, there's a lot more physicality than the NBA rules. Mm-hmm. So the way he had those gentlemen ready, yeah, the Nigerian team. KD got that work. Dude, did he? <laughs> I felt bad for my man KD, and I got love for KD. I think KD is the next is the next one. Mm-hmm. Like after LeBron, I think it's KD. Mm-hmm. I really do, and I I think it's KD now because I like I said I think the Lakers are done winning chips because LeBron is older. You can you can look all you want. Let's they face facts. No, they're done. They I get, get one more. You want to put something on that? Sure. All right, what you want to put on it? I gotta think because I've been because you you've been losing bets. Left yeah. and right, you zero and three with me. You still ain't paid up on two of them that you owe me. But let let's 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 make. I only it. know two. I don't know. You said three. Yeah. I don't know. You no lost three. One. I'm not gonna put you on blast. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm just telling you. You zero and three. Let me think about it. Y'all here looking like Team USA right now. You zero and three. Our Team USA zero and three. I thought they was zero and two. Did I miss a game? They zero and three. Yes. Damn, missed I missed the game. game. All right. That's possible, y'all. My work life is crazy. I think they're on three. Oh, and two. One of them. Anyway, <laughs> they got a Krispy Kreme award right now, which is what yeah. you have when it comes to betting. It's so, practice. We ain't talking about practice. This is a game, man. We're not talking about practice, Circle man. Circle back to me at the end of the show. I'm going to think of a good bet. A game. A good bet. I'll think of it. Not practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. That's all I'm saying. Speaking <laughs> of practice and a game, apparently... Your man Stephen A. Smith of ESPN feels like what he says is a game in itself. Now, recently, this past week, Stephen A. Smith went on ESPN's first take and decided that he was going to be, as he likes to call it, disrespectful. And the the phrase he likes to coin, blasphemous, Mm -hmm. as it pertains to him having a conversation about Angel's two-way phenom, Shohei Otani, Mm -hmm. who... Did a phenomenal job in the home run derby. Yeah, he did. That was, that fun, was fun to, to watch. watch. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Mm-hmm. He was tired. And mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, bro, you gotta pitch. You gotta pitch tomorrow. Yeah. You ain't gonna go all that hard. Mm-hmm. And he did well in in um in, in the inning that he that he pitched um in the game the next day uh for the the all-star game in Denver. And he went on to say, Stephen A went on to basically say that. Shohei Otani can't speak English and he's a translator, which is what's holding him and Major League Baseball back from the promotion. That's the dumbest thing. Here's why I have a problem with that. Number one, Stephen, and, and, and I don't I don't doubt Stephen A. Smith is probably one of the hardest working guys in, in sports journalism. Let's not take that away from him. But Stephen A. Smith has never, since I've covered the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for now eight seasons, I've seen him come. I've seen him go. I've never seen Stephen A. Smith come to a Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim game when they're playing in Anaheim, when he's out here in L.A., like he likes to be, and watch what goes down with Shohei Otani, as well as I've never seen him watch a lot. I think I might, maybe two, two notable times that I can recall have heard him talk about baseball. Let me tell you something about Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is a phenom. He's young. Yeah. He's a phenom. He's a two-way player. Like people like to compare him to Babe Ruth. I'm over gonna, and over. And I'm going to compare him to somebody even more dignified and even with more skill set from the Negro Leagues later on. Okay. But I'll say that right now is what I will say is this. I've watched the 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 phenom of Shohei Otani. No, he can't speak English right now. But that does not mean that you're not marketable. Excuse me, is there a gentleman by the name of Vlad Guerrero Sr. Mm -hmm. who actually had two Pepsi commercials who could not speak English Mm -hmm. but yet was a fan favorite? People around Major League Baseball loved him. Mm -hmm. He was beloved. The dude could slug it like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, most of of your baseball players come from Asia and Central and part of South America. Mm hmm most of them cannot speak English. So freaking what? Nobody has cared this whole time. Here's the problem. Major League Baseball is piss poor at marketing their athletes. They haven't marketed great athletes since the 90s. Let's be clear about that. And, and even after the 90s, when you had the home run derby between Barry Bonds, Sammy mm-hmm. Sosa, and Mark McGuire. Mm-hmm. After that, when they were slugging 
baseballs over the fence left and right that it was must-see box office TV. That was the last time the Major League Baseball truly promoted their sluggers outside of Derek Jeter. Right. So, Major League Baseball, if you if he would have just said, hey, look, Major League Baseball does a piss-poor job at marketing athletes such as Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Jr., anybody else, fine. Nobody would have had a problem with that. But when you went on to say he's the reason why because he doesn't speak English and, me- um, and America wants to resonate with somebody that looks like them and speaks like them, that's a damn lie because I've been to Angel Stadium. People outside of the Asian community, anytime he he goes to pitch, because he pitches every five days, mm-hmm. he's usually a DH, he'll hit or something to that degree, uh, whatever Joe Madden decides to do. I've seen white people. I've seen black people that have been there. I've seen Latino people that have been there. They all go ape shit crazy for Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is more popular than Mike Trout. Didn't say he was better, just said he was more popular. Right. The phenom that is Shohei Otani is way more popular. Shohei got groupies. Yeah. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. I've seen people go and just lose their goddamn mind when it comes to Shohei Otani, as they should, because he is an anomaly. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation. We were having a conversation, um, some friends of mine and I, and Nick knows I don't watch a ton of baseball. I'm starting to watch more because professionally I have to, but um, I don't watch a ton of baseball. But I was literally sitting around with three women and I was telling them, oh, yeah, you know, I have to watch more baseball, blah, blah, blah. They're like, do you know Shohei Otani? And I'm like, who else do you know? They're like, we know Shohei. Like they Showtime. literally didn't know anyone else, but they knew like, oh my God, he does this and he does that. These are people that don't even watch baseball. And for somebody like Stephen A. Smith, who has the platform that he has to say something so utterly ridiculous, disrespectful and disingenuous is absolutely ridiculous. And then he tried to he tried to double down on it and it still didn't work until he finally released well, me, an apology. Be- before we talk about his apology, let me tell you how I understood his statement okay. off top. Sure. Because when he when he released that statement, I thought one of two things. One, he's placating to racist white folks. You know, because that is kind of that whole all lives matter (laughs) kind of attitude where you say, hey, if you don't. First of all, he does speak English. I've seen him speak English, but his English is not the best and he has to read it. He has to go very, very slow because it's not his first. Which is why he has the interpreter. Exactly. And I applaud him for having the interpreter because when English is not your first language and you still don't know the nuances, we have like. They're there and there, your, your, and your. The English language is kind of hard. Let's just be honest about it. We got too many words that mean the same thing. So I applaud him for not wanting to put himself in a position where a reporter is asking him a question and he has to answer it in English when English is not his, his first language. Some people would try it. I'm glad that he didn't because he is showtime and he needs to make sure he's on point all the time. But Stephen A. Smith basically said, hey, his exact words were, America is has the oldest fan base in the world and they want to see somebody that they can relate to. And in order for them to see somebody they can relate to, it has to be somebody who speaks English. So I hear, okay, you know, old racist white folks want to see a white dude as this. That's, that's what I heard. That's how it translated to me. Yeah. And he also mentioned, I want, we want to see like Bryce Harper. We want to see Mike Trout. It's like, no, they don't. First of all, you, that shows me right now. You don't even follow baseball because nobody gives a damn about Bryce Harper right now. I know he doesn't Mike Trout is injured, unfortunately. Even mm-hmm. though Mike Trout is a great ambassador to the game, I've mm-hmm. never seen Mike Trout turn down an autograph to, to kids or fans or stop and, and wave at fans or what have you unless he's going to the dugout. Uh, Mike Trout is probably most, one of the most personable athletes you would probably see in a long time. And there's several others. I mean, look at I mean, look at Major League Baseball sucks when it comes to their marketing. I mean, you have Mookie Betts. You have right. Shohei Otani. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. You have all of these other and, and countless other players that you have, and you don't even promote the hell out of them like you should. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem that I had. And this is one that I said Stephen A. was a bonehead. Mm-mm. Not only was he a bonehead when it came to Shohei Otani, but he was a complete idiot when it came to discussing the the Nigerian national team that played Team USA, yes. that beat Team USA. And the fact that, okay, fine. You're going to butcher their names and then add insult to injury when you say whatever the hell their name is, like their names don't mean anything that don't matter. If somebody did that to you, you would be livid. Mm -hmm. He would be up in arms and probably hang up on callers because they Mm -hmm. didn't know his name. Mm -hmm. And you're going to disrespect 
the Nigerian national team at least try. Even you and I have tried to, to pronounce names. And what I usually say is that, hey, I apologize in advance. I, I will try to pronounce this name, but if I butcher it, right. I apologize in advance. Mm -hmm. And I try the name. And then if I butcher it, again, I apologize in advance because right. I don't like messing up people's names. That's just their name is their name for a reason. It means something to them or whether it means something in, in totality. Mm -hmm. In the Nigerian culture, some of those names actually mean something. Chanel Gumake came out. Emmanuel Acho came out and said something um, and criticized them, which they had every right to do so because he mm -hmm. disrespected their culture. Mm -hmm. And that's what Stephen A. did. Stephen A. disrespected their culture. I actually spoke to um, a Nigerian person and he, he said the same thing. He's like, the thing, his exact words, he was like, the thing that pisses me off about Americans is you guys have names that aren't phonetically spelled correctly. He's like, Nigerian names? The stuff that you guys learn in, in kids as, as kids, as far as how to sound it out, 90% of Nigerian names are spelled phonetically. Like if you just sound it out, you'll be able to say it right. And the fact that you guys won't even try is so disrespectful. It is. So here's what, what uh, Stephen A. Clickbait, I mean, Stephen A. Smith had to say when it came to his apology, quote, let me apologize right now. As I'm watching things unfold, let me say that I never intended to offend any community, particularly the Asian community, and especially Shohei Otani himself. As an African-American, keenly aware of the damage stereotyping has done to many in this country, it should, should have elevated my sensitivities even more. Based upon my words, I failed in that regard, and it's on me and me alone. Otani is one of the brightest stars in all the sports. He is making a difference as it pertains to inclusiveness and leadership. I should have embraced that in my comments. Instead, I screwed up. In this day and age, with all the violence being perpetrated against the Asian, com uh, Asian community, my comments were clearly insensitive and regrettable. There's simply no other way to put it. I, I am sincerely sorry for any angst I've caused with my comments on first take this morning. Again, I am sorry, and I happily reiterate those words these words more extensively tomorrow morning as well, end quote. And that's what he said after he made the initial statement. The problem I have with this apology. Well, he made two statements. He made the statement on first take, and then he doubled down on it. On Twitter. And then he finally came so out and said that. So what I have that. a problem when he first made that statement was that, one, you stood and apologized to the Nigerian community. Right. Number two, you don't apologize to all the black athletes that you constantly dog and run through the ground. And he got you have drugged yet, for that. You have yet to apologize for those athletes, <clears throat> Kwame Brown, um, that you continue to, to drag through the mud. Kwame Brown brings a lot on himself, though. No, but remember this. Kwame Brown was quiet for, oh, for years. He was only talking about basketball every now and again. He was quiet for years. People started continue to drag him for 20 years. Now, did Kwame Brown live up to his potential? Maybe not so much. But to keep harping on that dude, right, that dude made now. almost, I, I believe he made almost, he made probably $100 million. Mm -hmm. So the thing about it is, that man ain't bothering nobody. That man was quite, we didn't even know what Kwame Brown was. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know he was even in the country. Like, I, I thought he may have moved somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. bought, did well, because he didn't seem like, the typical, like, let me buy all this ice and stuff. He seemed like a very Grounded. sharp dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was he was very smart in how he was going to manage his money. Mm -hmm. And we see that now, right, with all of the land that he said, he, you know, he's, he's acquired over the course of time. And they kept dragging him. So, hey, man, he going, hey, look, you you unleashed the beast now. Right, that's fair. So, he, so it wasn't Kwame Brown talking about Stephen A., in his hairline or anybody else that <laughs> decided to, you know, drag him. What hairline? That's what I said. Hey. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, that's what it is. <laughs> so, what I'm saying, like, you drag guys like Kwame Brown and others for years, and, he, and you do it to this day. You have yet to have a, an apology. So, that was and my see, problem. And here's the thing. Here, here's, the, here's, here's what we... <sighs> Where we miss it. And there's there's little nuances to this story that we are overlooking. Because I 100% agree with you. I have criticized Stephen A. time and time again. Because he always he always labels his, to be quite frank, his his white angst is what it sounds like. If he, if he was white, we would come from him for some of the things that he says about black people. He always hides that under the guise of, well, I'm an African-American man. Exactly. And I know what it's like. And I haven't done X, Y, and Z. And I he makes it about him. And I always say, like, anytime I, I've learned, and Stephen A is way older than me, so it's like, okay, bro, you have to learn that 
sometimes Nick actually taught me this because sometimes I get so mad, especially when we're talking about black families and they have faced these, in, these injustices. I get angry when they take the money. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm at a different point in my life. So if something happened to me like that, I'm not taking your money. I'm, we finna fight. But when you're talking about people that are in a different place than you, you can't say I would do this because they're uh -huh. not you. And he consistently does that and says, well, if I can do this, they can do this. If I can do this, there's, there's too many black firsts for you to be running around here saying, if I can do this, they can do this. There is clearly an agenda to stop us from doing certain things. And for him to not recognize that is deplorable to me. But then to him, on the flip side, and this is not the first time he did this, um, there was, I forget the what he said exactly about black people, but it was horrible. And then he said that thing about, and that white woman, I think it was Beetle or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, Michelle Beetle. Michelle Beetle. When he talked about domestic violence and he went ahead, he went... It didn't. I understood where he was coming from, but he wasn't the way wrong he, in that moment. the way he said it came out. It, it sounded like it sounded. He bad. basically said, if, "If you don't want to get hit, don't hit people." But the way it, the way he said it was <laughs> was very like aggressive to people, and it's mm -hmm. like it could easily it can very easily get misconstrued, and right. it did. But he and I, I'm I'm all rock with that. But he wasn't wrong in that moment. But he's been 100% wrong about stuff he said about black people. But because this white woman got offended, he went on this apology train. And now you've finished this, offended the Asian community, and you're on this apology train. Where is our apology train? But 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 wait, it gets worse. Check this out. Here's what he had to say on Tuesday on his show on ESPN Plus. The way it can and should start today with an apology. My sincere apology, to be quite honest with you. An apology that is from me, from the heart, not from the network, not from anybody else, just me. Not something handed down to me to say something on the airwaves. Because I alone messed up. I can say that my intentions were good. But as a black man in America, I've heard a lot of people say hurtful things about the black community and then claim the intentions were good. I know it doesn't work like that. And you know I don't let people get away with that excuse when it's targeted at black America. What I said about Shoei Otani on first take hurt the Asian community and the Asian American community. How I spoke about the Nigerian basketball team on the very same show hurt people as well. So it doesn't matter what my opinion was or my intentions were. What matters is that I messed up and that I intend to learn and listen to people in those communities to better understand their perspectives on their culture on language, on marketability, you name it. I messed up and I hurt people with my words. And for that, I apologize to Shoei Atani and his family for the hurt I caused by my remarks. I apologize to the Asian community and the Asian American community. I apologize to the Nigerian basketball team too. I sincerely apologize. I also sincerely hope that my mistake helps push the conversation. He All didn't right. even give the Nigerians that. It was like, oh yeah, them too. I apologize to y'all too. You bastard. I'm well, so I don't mad. I didn't get, I, well, listen. I don't I don't take it to that that nth degree as you I do. I did. I don't because <laughs> here's the thing. Um first of all, the music is hilarious. It yeah, sounds like a damn Hallmark commercial. I thought it was one of those like uh, um <laughs> for just 9 cents a day, you can save 35 cents a day, you can save a cat. <laughs> you can save a cat from from exposure. Won't you give now? So my whole thing is this. I mean, you apologize to the, the Nigerian community and the Nigerian basketball team. You apologize to Shoei Otani, which you should have. Mm -hmm. You jackass. You should have. Mm -hmm. However, where again, where's the apology for all those black players that you dragged and you, and you threatened like Kevin Durant at one point mm -hmm. in time? Mm -hmm. And then you never said anything about Rachel Nichols. Hmm. Facts. Facts. Interesting. And, and he does I'm just that. asking for a friend. I'm just, I'm he he does it out that there all the time. And this is why ESPN is in a world of hurt, in my opinion, because they're, they're reporters across the board. Stephen A., I'm, I don't want to completely disrespect the man, although I've lost a ton of respect for him, um, mm -hmm. and because I really don't like that the best representation for black people on first take is Max Kellerman. I don't like that. <laughs> so I ain't going to go. To, I mean, listen, I like Max. But he always calls Stephen Stephen A out when he says something egregious about black people. Because, Max is always like, "Bro," because Max has been around. I've worked with Max mm -hmm. when he was out here in L.A. as an intern, mm -hmm. and Max is one of the coolest people off the mic. Like mm -hmm. he's giving me advice from time to time when I was an intern and stuff like that. And if Max remembers your name, 
then you were important to him. Aww. So he remembered my name and another dude named Charles at the time. We were both interning. And that was the only two people he would, he would remember. He was not remembering nobody <laughs> else's names. That's so dope. So it was like him and Marcellus had him and Marcellus Wiley had the show out here in Los Angeles at that time. And, you know, I look at it this way. I'm like, look, right is right and wrong is wrong. Nobody should say the things that Stephen A said. And listen, it's more harmful things being said behind closed doors from worse people. Mm-hmm. So to me. He definitely screwed up um, and he should pay for his mistakes, whatever they may be. Shohei Otani, again, deserves the respect because he's earned it. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani has never said anything remotely close to being racist. Right. The Nigerian bot- I mean, technically, if he did. Yeah, but it would have come out because somebody would have decoded it and mm-hmm. been like, yo, Shohei Otani was doing right. this <laughs> when he was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Like... All that stuff would come out. You can't hide from the internet. Mm-hmm. The Nigerian basketball team, but I guarantee he wouldn't have done that to another culture. Exactly. I guarantee and that's you why that. that bothers me so much more. You got the motherland out for here playing and you ain't going to respect them. I don't like that. And and I, and I get it. I'm more invested in the Nigerian situation than I was the Asian situation. But that that that's how this whole society works, though. I mean, we have, we're up in arms. And don't get me wrong. Stephen A was 100% wrong. This apology... I'm more concerned of why he felt it was okay. And and I'm that's what always bothers me about apologies. Nobody ever said, I, I need an honest answer. Why did you feel this was okay? Because if I understand why you thought it was okay and you apologize for that jacked up mindset, then I can take it more sincerely. But it still hits me a little bit different because again, we had that Asian crime in the salon not too long ago. And then we got an Asian hate bill like half a second later. Stuff that happens to the black people over and over and over again doesn't even warrant much of a conversation. And it's starting to piss me off, to be quite honest with you. It, the fact that we don't get the attention and the conversations that other people get is starting to piss me off. But I know well, it's not going to change, so let me just hold my pissed off to myself. All right, well, you know it's that break time, so we're going to be right back. Uh, we're going to take our neutral corners and come out swinging because you know what it is. Polar Opposites is up next. Let's see what Jackie Ray and I are going to talk about and battle it out. You're checking out the opposite reaction here on all streaming platforms. Make sure you stay tuned. Nigga, please don't greet me with a pound. I'll be staying out the way. But if the beef do come around, could put an M right on your head. You Luigi brother now. Trace my steps all in this game. You can see we cover ground. Back and forth from NC to New York when Jeezy had the crown. Vivid memories. Niggas start to squeeze. We ducking down. So many shells left on the ground. and make the Easter Bunny proud. I get up. Dust my clothes off. Sleep is the cousin of death. No plans to doze off. The streets that don't come with a rep. I never sold soft. Just creep where the hustlers crept and got they O's off. You reach niggas up and like Steph to blow your nose off. Kazoom tight and then resume flight as if it never happened. Shit we witnessed full of so much sickness. Angels shedding tears in heaven. Word to Eric Clapton. Off this clever rapping. Bitch, my pockets gon' forever fatten. They gon' forever fatten. See, you try to tell niggas, they act like they don't even fucking speak English. Bitch, my pen of the paper's lethal. I'm sending them straight to meet the, the nigga that made them peep the reaper creeping on you. All right, y'all, welcome back to the opposite reaction here on all streaming platforms. Nick Hamilton, Jackie Ray in the building. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know, but I damn sure I, I don't even want to say nothing no more now because it make me I'm all I'm like super conscious now. Of what? Just saying, because I mean, you imagine being on national TV and then saying something asinine that they got to go back and like feel all the backlash. I mean, it happens. I'm not going to say that I've never said anything on, you know, the fumble or anything like that, that people haven't asked for an apology from me from. I just haven't said anything that outlandish. And so nine times out of nah, 10, I think. I, I'm more of like, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way versus, you know, a true heart. I've not. I've not had to make a heartfelt apology for something. You don't like apologizing. Um, so here's the thing. I don't mind apologizing. Like I, you know, especially with my friends, if I've actually hurt you and and I love you and I care about you, it doesn't really matter how I meant it. Like Stephen A said, it doesn't matter how I meant it or what my intent was. What matters was I hurt you and I need to own responsibility for that because I played a part. Okay. But when we come, when we're talking about a platform, especially platforms that I'm kind of built into. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. 
Yeah, but if you offend somebody, are you willing to apologize because you offended them? May not have been on, your intent. May not have been your the, intent. It depends on what the offense is. If it was like a Steve, what Stephen A. just did. But if absolutely. it was a group, but if it was a group of people that said, even if you didn't come out, let's say not as strong as he did, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, just, just blatantly disrespectful. But you may have slid something in there that you may not have thought was disrespectful, but it offended people. Would you still apologize then? To them because they were offended by what you said. Not taking away what you said, but they were offended. But that's what I'm saying. And that that becomes a, I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry I made you but I'm not I'm not walking back what I said if I meant it. I'm not gonna do that. That's just who I am. If I meant it, I meant it. I can say, Hey, I probably shouldn't have said that. It obviously impacted you guys and I'm I'm sorry for that. But I'm not if I meant it, I'm not walking it back. All right, Biggie, if you said it, you meant it. Yeah, Bite your man. tongue for no one. Man, look, All right. bars. <laughs> wow. Alright y'all, it's time to get to our neutral corners Because you know what time it is, Polar Opposites uh, Let's get ready to rumble Alright I just don't think this is going to be a rumble Because this you got to be in agreement with me No, on this I don't, one. the hell I don't So look, well if he's not You guys out there in the podcast And YouTube, social media land I think that you guys will be Because this is hella funny to me, because this is like the second or third time that I have heard about something like this. I think for me hearing about it, though, I can kind of just let it gloss by because I haven't seen it. But if you haven't heard, you guys, American Airlines was going from Dallas Fort Dallas Fort Worth to Charlotte, North Carolina on July 6th. There was apparently <laughs> this lady who boarded the plane People say that when she boarded the plane, she already looked kind of off. That's what everybody says in their in the eyewitness testimony that something just seemed like she was wrong with her. So she said she at some point got up and was like, I don't want this plane to fly anymore. And then went to the emergency exit door and tried to open it. When the flight attendant tried to stop her from opening it, y'all forgive me for laughing because I can still see this woman in my head. But when they when the flight attendant tried to stop her from opening the door, she bit the lady. So the airline, the funny thing about this whole situation is, is the airline <laughs> says that in order to secure her and ensure the safety of the plane and the flight, um, the, the crew members and those on board, they secured her with cuffs and security tape. <laughs> Y'all, they showed a video, a girl walked by and she's literally duct taped to the seat. And y'all thought that was going to... See, here's it, the... It did restrain her, though. But here's the problem I have with America. It didn't stop her mouth, because that's the thing about duct tape. If you ever get kidnapped, you can wiggle your mouth use your, your and get it loose. So Here, it didn't stop her mouth, though. Here's the thing. The problem I have with American Airlines is this. Number one, you didn't figure out that this woman was not going to be stable. Like, she just didn't look like... You know what? She don't look like the regular passengers that we didn't came on this flight, number one. What's number, regular these days, though? What I'm saying is, I mean, you sometimes you can tell. I'm not, and I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but sometimes you can't tell when a person is kind of not there mm-hmm. versus people. I mean, sometimes you can't, but there are times when you can. And I am sure. Let me not say I'm sure. I'm willing to bet that this woman had some type of indication that she was not mentally well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're gonna duct tape her, <laughs> right? And duct tape her to the seat. Now, here's the problem I have with American Airlines doing that. What? Because what if she went to cardiac arrest because she was hyperventilating and she went into cardiac arrest because she was stressing out because she was being duct taped down? Okay, so, but what if she had gotten the door open? Were they in flight? Yes. This was, this is not on the ground Okay, so what I'm saying is, why are do they do they have air marshals anymore? Because I haven't flown in eighteen so months. So apparently, somebody one of the one of the people in the story who was an Help eyewitness, me. she 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 didn't want to identify him as an air marshal because she wasn't sure. But she said he was definitely a person of authority. Said you've been warned once, you will not be warned again. And at that point, that person who I thought was probably an air marshal, you're not getting no air marshals on Southwest. I can tell you that right now, or Spirit. Or JetBlue. Well, damn show spirit because they can't. <laughs> they, 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 you got spirit written in crayon. <laughs> right. Um, so that person went to the front of the plane, got the pilot, the pilot, and that person who looked like a person of authority came back and was like, this is your last warning, at, at which point she became physically confrontational again. I think more than the duct tape. I don't have a problem with the duct tape You could hog tire? With what? 
I'm just saying, you you an air marshal. You ain't got the equipment. You can't they, got they, no taser. She she was in cuffs. You ain't got no taser. Okay, now how? Now you talk about cardiac arrest. You gonna tase this old lower, woman? Lower the dosage. <laughs> lower the dosage. So then she just goes out for a second and goes. You got spoons. We're not supposed you got, to fly. You got spoons in there in case you know you got to move the tongue around. Oh my god! Look, I'm pro duct tape in this situation. But I'm like, dude. You gonna duct tape the chick for what? And then, and then there's the thing. She's not even quiet. At least if you would have, if you would have tased her, she could have been knocked out and been sleeping, drooling like a damn child. Then you wouldn't have had shit. Then you could have made an emergency okay, but landing. Can you imagine the social justice warriors? Like, how dare they? Because she definitely looked older and off her rocker. I don't give a damn. But that's how I feel about the duct tape. The duct tape is worse because she could have suffocated. Which she could have, she could have, okay. she could have died slowly. But like my my man from Hangover. But did you die? Doesn't matter. You have <laughs> you a higher probability. So. I mean, you could die from a taser depending on if she had a pacemaker. Exactly. But what I'm saying is... And she looked like she might. But, I mean, but that wasn't in the story. Let's not add more I'm to what saying. it is. Let's, would... let's just say for the sake of argument, she didn't have a pacemaker. Okay, you could have lowered the dosage, zapped her a couple times. She'd been drooling like a baby and no more noise and you could have landed the plane, made so, an emergency yes. landing. They're, okay, and that's the thing. They were, they did not feel that they needed to make an, an emergency landing because they could restrain her. So here's the thing. So that's just stupid. So American so, Airlines is just stupid I, in this case. I disagree. You don't know if people was trying to get to weddings. You don't know if people I, had a connection oh, listen, flight. If you, listen to me. They and have stopped planes for less than this. They have made emergency landings for less than this. Yes. Okay. But so you mean also, to tell me? So you're so you going to defend American Airlines for I not am. making an emergency landing that they that this was more serious than more than than the times other outside of an engine blowing out mm -hmm. or something like that with mechanical something mechanical happening or someone like having a like a heart attack or something like that that they can't control. Outside of those things, they have landed planes for less. You yes. can say you threaten somebody. And they're gonna land the damn plane. Listen, you could be ready to fight. You not that you about to, not that you fighting. Talk about you about to squab with somebody, mm -hmm. and they make an emergency landing. You can't make an emergency landing for this woman that you duct taped. You gonna go ahead with the flight? Why? Cause your ass is greedy and you trying to make that money. Cause you don't want to give no refunds. Absolutely. So again, American Airlines is at fault because they should have done the proper procedures, which means you should have found an emergency landing, got this woman off the flight. Because guess what? You think I, we don't like hearing babies cry for four or five damn hours. What the hell you want to make me think you want to hear this woman screaming and going through agony Look, for the next three to four hours? And this why you need to start bringing them noise-canceling headphones on the plane. They are fantastic for children. No, They'd be fantastic stop. for crazy old ladies. Now, listen, stop. let me tell you this. American Airlines, while Nick might be mad, as a person who literally tried to go to Denver a couple weeks asinine. ago, and my plane was supposed to leave at seven, and I had two flights canceled on me and didn't get to Denver until five o'clock the next day. I appreciate your effort because the last thing in hell I would have wanted if I was on an American Airlines flight to Denver is for you to detour in Arizona, and now I'm stuck in Arizona no, for not. three hours because no, it's crazy not. chick. No, they have not. to deplane at that point. No, you're not. They take her off. They take her off. They've had times where they've taken the individuals off the plane. They tell people to remain seated, get the individuals now, off the me, plane. Let me look. Have the cops, whoever's well, in the that cops city, were waiting for have, her. Exactly, and they, took and her they to come and, mental... and, and they come right there through the through the gate, the little gate area, and they they roll them out of there, and they and they make sure everything is straight. They they check all of the engine parts, make sure everything is right, and they get they get they get ready for, to get cleared for takeoff, and they get back in the air. That's all they had to do. Well, this this woman is not the first person Stop. because the FAA has issued over six hundred eighty two thousand fines and unruly patient uh, unruly patients unruly um, passengers. Some of those have been because they have tried to open the doors. I am not mad. Look, the the bell goes ding. You have reached your destination. I am happy that they made their destination on time. I also don't know where they are in this flight either because if I can maybe see your point if. They had just taken off. No. But if they're at the tail end of their flight, meaning they only have an hour to 45 minutes before they get to their destination anyway, absolutely not. You duct take that woman and so, you move so, on with your oh, life. So, so according to you all, Jackie, if you're 45 minutes from your destination, you're having a heart hour. attack to an hour. If you're having a heart attack or some serious health issue, keep going with the flight because, damn it, you got to get there anyway. That's, first of all, that doesn't even make sense. because That's what you said. Logistically speaking, if you're having a heart attack and there's only 45 minutes left in your flight, you're... 
you probably would have to detour. It means turn around to find an emergency landing anyway, depending, depending on where you go. So at that point, your best bet is to make sure that your flight staff is medically trained to give you the proper CPR and medical attention. Because if you turn around, it's going to take longer. So that's not a fair assessment because I fly a lot. And it really, you really do have this have window of time COVID. where you in no man's land. But you I'm saying, keep it, going but we, okay, let's say they're halfway into the flight. Because we don't know exactly, like you said, we don't know exactly where mm-hmm. they were into the flight. But what I will say is this. Let's say they were halfway into the flight. That means you should have found an emergency landing area. You done it. You did. You do it any other time. You might as well do it now. But halfway from Texas to Charlotte, that's that's literally half a dozen on one side, six on the other. That flight there, there. That flight ain't super duper long. Doesn't matter. You still gotta find. You still should have found a, a landing if you, spot. If you work for the FAA, let me know the flight path of a a, a flight that's going on, from man. Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas to Charlotte, American North Carolina. American Airlines screwed that and, one up. And let me know if you have anything other than some sh- long streets. Stop. Y'all did the right thing, American Airlines. But the let's go on to this did. next one. <laughs> the hell you didn't. All right, y'all. So this was funny. Um, I don't know if some of you caught the... And that's our polar opposites for this week, by the way. I don't know if you... No, the hell you were. Uh, it was funny because <laughs> T-Pain... And, I, and, I, I, and listen, T-Pain is one of those dudes that has some timeless stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But T-Pain is a dude that... He will speak his mind. And T-Pain has spoken his mind. Now, we often talk about music on this show. We talk about stuff that we like, we don't like, stuff that sounds repetitive, stuff that that's, that's really creative. We had an artist last week on this program that was actually pretty creative and actually had some good music. Mm-hmm. But there are artists that sound all the damn same. We've had these conversations time and time again. You know, right. And everybody, I mean, to me, like I said, like them or like them or hate them, you got to give them their props. The Migos had their own style. Mm -hmm. Other people started looking at their style and trying to mimic it. Mm -hmm. Right. Same thing with Wayne. When Wayne started flipping a certain way, everybody wanted to try to rap like Wayne. We've seen this time and time again. It's just more and more people, more and more artists try to mimic it, and now it starts to be repetitive. Right. Well. The gentleman known as Brother T-Pain decided, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> I've had enough. And T-Pain has seen his share of success. Mm-hmm. He has done some songs that still reign to this day. You're Some people are still in love with Stripper. I'm in love with the Stripper. Some people are... Uh, buy you some in Wisconsin. And buy you a drink. In Wisconsin. So let's take a listen to what Brother T-Pain had to say. We have all the shit that you're doing. We already have it. <laughs> Lil Uzi Bird is already doing it. Lil Baby is already doing it. The Baby is already doing it. It's literally two niggas with baby in their names that's already doing all the music you want. Do something else. Do something else. That's it. That's all we want. Do something else. Holy shit. We have it. We have it already. You don't have to do that music anymore. We have the music already. We have Lil Baby. We have Dub Baby. We have Lil Uzi Vert. We have Lil Yachty. We have Lil Everybody. Do something else. Holy shit. Stop sending me this bullshit. And then get mad when I fucking don't like it. Jesus. God damn <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, that was fantastic. Hilarious. Tell me where he's lying. 100% agree. Tell me where he's lying. Everything. Tell me where he's lying. Where the hell? Even on the West Coast. No lies detected. There are some artists on the West Coast that want to sound like this, their beats sound like the South. Right. I'm like, dude, where is the West Coast sound? Now, I'm not saying every artist, (laughs) but there are a few artists. Now, there's a lot of artists that create their own sound, had their own way, Mm -hmm. and they blew up. You got artists like Problem. You have the late great Nipsey Hussle. You got yeah. YG. You got Dom Kennedy, uh, Villain Park. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. I can I can go on for days as far you know. Uh, uh, Blast. You got Kendrick Lamar. TDE, the whole TDE crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Stone, Pac Man. Um, you gonna throw Chance the Rapper in there or no? No, I said West Coast. Oh, okay. uh, shout out to the homegirl Asia who's doing big things. Um, there's just a lot of a, a good West Coast music. 
you know, Bishop Lamont, Glasses Malone. Um, but I'm like, we we had we had our, we have our own sound, and it's okay to be creative. You know, Roddy Rich is out of here. Like Roddy Rich is right. You know, representing Compton, and and he he is taking the music world by storm, and and rightfully so. That mm-hmm. that brother is talented to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I agree with T Pain. I, I want to hear. I want to hear more creative sounds. But that's why, I even, not just regionally, but nationally, right? And even though you know people feel some type of way about him, and I understand the feeling, I really like Lil Nas X. I don't I think he's trash. I, his music is different, though. His music is trash to me. I'm in and It's trash. Like I said, I like the baby. I like Lil. I started to like Lil Baby. The I don't know music. the difference. The more music I started listening to, I started liking the little baby. I mean, little baby. Lil, which one is little baby? Which one is the baby? The baby is the one. I, I, like I Sh- hate that. The song like Shook. That's who? Which baby? The baby. That's the baby. This is the bullshit. Okay. <laughs> which baby? So what I'm saying is, like I said, I like the Migos. I think they're great entertainers. Like mm-hmm. when you see them on the stage, they are. They have excellent stage. Presence. Oh yeah, for sure. They're fun to watch. I'll give you that. Yeah, they are. They're and and like I said, they have and they create their own sound. Like mm-hmm. I said, when you hear Drake, when you hear J Cole, when you hear different people, listen. I mean, other West Coast artists too that don't get the shine that they should get, like Quincy White. Mm-hmm. People like you know just different people, and it's like, come on, dude, like. There's a lot of creative creative music, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So I under, to so to a degree, I understand what T Pain is talking about. But when you have lack of opportunity because you you don't you you have these other artists who are independent that actually have good music, but they can't get through the gates. They don't get played on radio. That's well, the problem. I think, I, I think now the goal should not be to get through the gates because there's so many people that, I mean, 90% of the music that I discover is not through some radio station. You know, it's it's from iTunes or, you know, iTunes suggesting something to me or a lot of it is because I, I watch, um, for those of you who actually follow me on social media, you know that I change my hair a lot. And a lot of times it's, you know, one of the hairdressers that I, or whatever, hair influencers that I watch They'll have somebody playing in the background and they'll tag who it is. And that so most of the songs that I fall in love with or new artists that I fall in love with, um, Blast, I found him because I searched, I was searching a song by Neo. Mm-hmm. And I put in, I put in the, you know, I was driving and yeah, I yeah. said, and I said, hey Siri, play blah, blah, blah by Neo. And then he came up. I'm like, this ain't, this ain't Neo, but this fire. <laughs> no, Blast is fire. Mm-hmm. I remember I, the first time I heard about Blast was through DJ Head. Mm-hmm. And Head used to really pump him. I'm like, okay, let me... Because Head knows, you know, Head has a, a ear mm-hmm. for music. Him and Chuck Dizzle, they got ears for music. So I'm like, okay, let me check out this dude named Blast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yep. This dude is banging. Okay. Right. Same thing with Roddy Rich. Mm-hmm. I found out about Roddy Rich through Head. So... There's a lot of good music, but it has to get. But I'm saying, as far as on the higher stream level, mm-hmm. you got to start letting these new artists in because I'm sorry, T Pain, you got to keep digging because there's T-Pain, creative see, mu- the there's creative music T-Pain's out there. Not gonna dig. He's not. And gonna that's dig. the problem. And I don't think he should. I think why? I, because at the end of the day, he gets trash on a on a daily. Don't nobody want to dump. Don't nobody want a dumpster dive. So I think if you're trying to break through to T Pain. Just like everybody else but has you to do, ain't... you have to build your own social media hype and get on his radar. I agree, but at the same time, you got to also keep your. You also got to know what you're looking for, and you also got to give opportunity. He's not going to know, and that's the thing. I think when you're looking for new music, sometimes you don't know what you're looking for until you find it. And when he's constantly finding the same old stuff, that's not it. Well, I got five artists for him to find. All right, well, let him at. know. Tag him. Tag I already him in did. This. I already did. I I just said it right now. All right, All right, y'all. Coming back on the other side of the break, we'll take a final timeout. We'll come back with cheers to you and uh, maybe something in addition as a little bonus. You're checking out The Opposite Reaction. Nick Hamilton, Jackie Ray. We'll be right back. You stupid. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Infrared beam sitting comfy on my Glock 9. Top down in the winter. Feel like summertime. Never leave home without it. Let that shit be underlined. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Stars in the ceiling getting sloppy at the stop sign. Bust down Richard Millie, you would think it's stop time. Worry about you and your niggas. I got mine. Yeah, yeah. 
Overseas cars, R&B singers. Front seat of the Rowry got her creaming like a zinger. Zipping by Lou Zinger. Swooped her out of Hawthorne. Stopped by your mama house. That ain't what this car for. Looking like I sell stocks and it's time for. Eh, still on the block like a power force. Stay dangerous. Stash spot in the car doors. GTA me Star Wars. Come fuck with me. Beans. Get a nigga stitched up like my seams. Spent the meek million on the whip. We chasing dreams. And when you see me, see me strap me in this Glock. Go together like Beanie and PD crack. Like PD and Beanie Mac. Don't fuck with them squeaky rats. If the Draco ain't big enough, nigga, then we be back. Laser tag on your head to keep him back. Pancake you like a six tray impala and leave you flat. Uh, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Infrared beam sitting comfy on my Glock 9. Top down in the winter, feel like summertime. Never leave home without it, let that shit be underlined. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Stars in the ceiling getting sloppy at the stop sign. Bust down Richard Millie, you would think it's stop time. Worry about you and your niggas, I got mine. I'm so excited about (laughs) this week's cheers to you. You guys, welcome back to the opposite reaction on all streaming platforms. Um, Jackie Ray, Nick Hamilton in the building. I just went on break. I ordered, I don't know if y'all saw me on my social media. I'm a big proponent of black owned businesses. I saw that um, Terrell Owens had a wine. You guys know I got that tequila from LeBron James, which is the 40. I got the cheapest tequila from him. It was the $40 one. I do not like tequila. That tequila was good. So now it's inspiring me to try to get the more expensive one. So here we go. I just poured some for myself and Nick. Don't worry for you wine connoisseurs out there. I did let it air properly. Did All I right, not? y'all. Bartender, get the glasses up. We got the glasses. Oh, uh, yeah. You always sound like you're about to do that W. You know what I mean. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking you about. You sure do. <laughs> All right. So who's your cheers to you going to be to? Mine's going to be to T.O. Um, I have given this man a lot of shade over the years. I meant most of it, except for anything that's said. I'm, I'm not shading anybody who's doing their entrepreneurial thing. The branding so far that I've seen on this is fantastic. I am very proud of you for doing this. I'm going to tell you how it tastes in a minute. But mine's going to go to T.O., and let me tell you this, it came so quick. It came faster than my LeBron tequila. <laughs> shut up. I know what you did. I, I, shut up. Y'all know what I mean. The delivery was fast, you guys. It, it, it arrived much quicker than my LeBron James tequila did. And I love that. I love to get... Well, ladies and gentlemen, shut you, know, up. you know this wine comes quicker than the LeBron. Shut the hell up and do your cheers to you, please, sir. <laughs> I have a double cheers to you. First and foremost, cheers to Agent Nicole Lynn, who just released her brand new book. Congratulations to her. She's now currently on her book tour. She'll be in Los Angeles on July 22nd, location to be determined. But congratulations to her. She does a phenomenal job with being an agent. I'm sure it's not easy being a a woman agent, a black woman agent on top Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, but she's in, I think, believe she's in charge of the football division over at Clutch Sports, Mm -hmm. uh, home, you know, created by Rich Paul. So congratulations okay. to her. And then also the 30 for 30, uh, Maya Moore, that came out this week. Oh. Yeah, so shout out to Maya Moore, who also won an ESPY uh, yep. for the uh, Arthur Ashe Courage Award for 2021. Shout out to her and her husband, uh, Jeremy Irons, as well. But the 30 for 30 on Maya Moore, she is phenomenal. Maya Moore is one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to interview her on quite a few occasions. She's one very down-to-earth individual. Um, couldn't be prouder of her. Phenomenal person. Cheers to you. All right. I'm so excited to taste it. Chuch. Okay, T.O. Okay, T.O. I see you. That's really good. I see you. It's kind of, it's got a spice to it that I'm not used to. But it's not, it's not, a, it's a great aftertaste. Yeah, it. It, it's. Oh, okay. I see, I see you. you. I see you. Vino eighty one. I see mm. you. Mm. All right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this portion of the broadcast. Make sure you download and subscribe to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud for free ninety nine. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA as well as at Nick Hamilton two one three on Twitter. 
Follow me everywhere at J-Ray the Fanatic. All right, y'all. And make sure you check us out at www.nightcastmedia.com. We in the wind like paper planes. Be easy.